Hi there, this is Erin Nicole, and you're listening to the Move Happy Movement podcast. On this show, I interview people from all over the world. Sometimes I do sermons from the divine. In our household, we worship the Holy Trinity, Father of all of us, His Son, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit. Sometimes I share music with you that I create that He inspires through me in a variety of musical genres. And sometimes I also will sing a random song that somebody else wrote that ties in to the sermon. Because I don't pre-plan these things. He leads my life. And um, I was reviewing a previous episode that I just aired a few hours ago to make sure that uh, there's this evil group that's in the world that uh, hack in and mess with your wording, your technology, so they can change your voice, they can change what you say, and all kinds of things. And I'm a team of one right now, while my husband's been away, forced to be separated from him because of death threats. I'm a veteran spouse. It is what it is. We keep it moving forward. And uh, as I was reviewing that one, I didn't hear anything that was off, so that was good. The father whispered to me while I'm listening, editing, not editing, not what do you call it, auditing, I should say. Inspecting. If you're a business owner, you should inspect what you expect, right? KPIs, all those kinds of things. He whispered to me, thou shalt not want. That's your next sermon topic. I was like, all right. And then I heard him whisper it a few more times in that quiet, still, small voice in my mind. And uh, he speaks a lot more to me lately. He is, he is my everything, and he can be your everything, too, if you don't have a personal relationship with him. Hopefully, by the end of this episode, you'll desire to be connected directly to the source. So, thou shalt not want is uh, something that is a part of my faith system. And I believe it's a part of a variety of faith systems as well. They call it different things. Um... Not having any connection to possessions is uh, part of the Buddhist faith, if I'm remembering correctly. Um, we read in, in high school English, this dates me back, way back. This was, this was when 9-11 happened, like when the, the towers, whatever version of the story you want to believe. Um, when the towers, we were all told that the towers had been hit by airplanes um, in my it was honors English or honors language arts class uh, we part of our required reading was uh, the book called Siddhartha and if you're not familiar with that book um, I highly recommend you read it we learned it um, in that class and I want to say there was some conversation we got on in regards to uh, different belief systems and whatnot and there are different like in the Christian faith it, it branches from Judaism in its original form, and there's a bunch of different sects, S-E-C-T-S, similar in other religious belief systems as well. And um, one of my uh, friends that I've known since we were in the advanced band together in my first year in public school, uh, if I'm remembering correctly, she was in the class and we had a discussion with our teacher. Her teacher was not, um, not very good. <laughs> she led the discussion. 
but she got schooled by my friend, which I loved because my friend was very knowledgeable and very connected to her Buddhist faith. And uh, she said, well, if we come from the belief that all religions have a God that they worship, and, and my friend raised her hand, she said, uh, we don't worship a God in my belief system. She said, yes, you do. She said, no, I don't. She said, yes, you do. She said, no, I don't. Keep in mind, this is a 15-year-old <laughs> arguing with a teacher that probably had a master's or a PhD. And she was respectfully disagreeing with her because this lady was trying to tell her her own belief system, right? And she said, no, in my faith system, there's different belief systems of the Buddhist faith. And I practice this certain kind of Buddhist sect, if you will. She said, we do not worship any God. We desire to um, have harmony and peace and to bless people and to be good citizens wherever we go. And we don't worship any idols in my particular denomination of the Buddhist faith. I learned something about her religion in high school, in my public high school, and I thought that was really neat. And a part of the tenets they talked about, I think, in Siddhartha and a couple other books of the Hinduism faith as well, um, in a different class with a driver's ed teacher, I forget his name, uh, he was also, I think, the wrestling coach, he passed away a couple years ago from a heart attack, he smoked a long, long time, and uh, um, he had talked about, oh, let's see, what's it called, is it Dharma? There's different, there's different terminologies, I'm not going to pretend to be an expert in other religions, but it's important to know about them so you can be respectful of other people's faith systems, and the more we can find in common with other, other people, the more we can bring peace and unity and love. So thou shalt not want. Father, I thank you and I praise you for this opportunity to bless whoever's ears are going to be listening to this sermon. Father, I ask that you would use my voice to touch all the corners of the earth in a positive manner and spread your love and your truth, nothing but your truth coming out of my lips. Father, remove anything that would distract from your truth. Thank you. I'll praise you in your heavenly name. Amen. All right, the Father's got a message. The first thing I want you to say is that you have not wanted your whole life. Wow. Wow. I wasn't expecting that, Father. He said it's true. I was trained by my parents to not want the environment that I grew up in, middle class, working poor, traditional uh, middle class family of the, uh, how do you say this, Christian household of a mother and a father unit where the mother stays at home. That That's what I call and I identify as traditional, but there's all kinds of families out there. There's some grandparents that take care of their grandkids. There's some people that adopt or are foster parents. There's some, you know, families that don't have any um, legal, you know, paperwork, but they identify as family, stuff like that. How I identify traditional family was what I had seen on TV growing up because I was homeschooled. So I was already a weirdo. <laughs> and uh, according to the world, it is what it is. And they were financially stressed because they only had one person that was making the money. 
for a long time until I turned nine. And then I think dad got some counseling at the church. They got some counseling, I think, together. And he started realizing he could teach us all responsibility and teach us about earning money. So then it would be a less of a burden for him. And when he did that, he asked me, hey, would you like, I started asking him to have like a pet or something. And uh, he said, would you like to make money with a pet? And I was like, how could I do that? And he said, well, and he started teaching me tenets from Jim Rohn. Jim Rohn, very famous speaker, um, 70s, 80s, 90s. I think he passed away in the 90s. He was real big in the direct sales industry for, I forget the company, it was some kind of nutraceutical company or some wellness products, whatnot. He probably did it for a variety of companies, but he was a very powerful public speaker. Tony Robbins learned from him in the 70s. My dad worked for Jim Rohn in the 70s, and so my dad was teaching us things that he learned from Jim Rohn. And Jim Rohn would say, teach a kid to start their own business. Get two bicycles. You have one for yourself and you rent one out. It's very simple. So I was asking for a pet, my own pet. I wanted my own, right? So he said, well, what if you got mice? I said, what? Mice? He said, yeah, you can get paid from the pet store. Because the mice, we get two mice, we get a boy mouse and a girl mouse, and then they have babies. So he was teaching me about <laughs> the cycle of life, procreation with animals, and teaching me how to be responsible. And he said you'd get 50 cents store credit to buy your bedding and food for them, and 35 cents cash for every baby mouse you bring to the pet store. I said, that sounds like fun. I didn't really know how to take care of the animals, so it lasted about a year. And I found out that the, the uh, mama mice start eating the baby mice. If you don't feed them, it's real sad, real sad. I had probably ADD, hypertension disorder, whatever you call. I was, I was not diagnosed with anything when I was a kid, but I was, I survived it. So it is what it is. Thou shalt not want. I encourage you from what my dad taught me. Teach your kids if you have children or if you have grandchildren. Teach them about learning to earn their own money at a, as young of an age as possible. And teach them that it's, it's a good thing for them to desire to earn their own money in this world. Now, my parents paid for my starter kit. I used an old fish tank and they bought me my bedding. And they bought the food and they bought the water bottle for the mice that would hang down from a little crate. And there was like, I think a little metal thing that it, you know, rested inside. So they helped me get my starter kit. But then after that, it was on me to make sure I was taking care of the animals. And eventually I got bored and then the mice started dying. And then I was so sensitive. I was crying and it was a big old thing. Thou shalt not want. It started teaching me, we, and we got other businesses as well. We had a paper out uh, around that same time. Uh, the laws for child labor um, prevented us from, from me being on the paperwork financially. Mom was allowed to put her name on it, and then she paid us directly. And she didn't charge us for any gas or wear and tear on the car. And that was our time with Mom every Tuesday. We did our paper out. At first, it was all three of us kids with her. 
And that was a terror. That was a nightmare for her. It was too much because we were all arguing. She's like, I ain't got time for this. So my oldest brother was seven years older than me. So I'm nine. So he was 16. I think that was the year after um, one of his tennis buddies, the senior. He was a freshman the year before. So it might have been the same year or the year after uh, two of his freshman buddies on his tennis team had been murdered in our town because they were throwing eggs at, at people's houses on Halloween. They were getting stupid. So we are getting close to Halloween. So if you're listening to this, make sure you have conversations with the kids in your neighborhoods because people, everybody is on high alert, high stress right now. And nobody in our lifetime has ever survived a pandemic before. People that normally had normal mental wellness are acting so abnormal. It's been nuts in the last three years from my personal experience and what I've seen online. So, um, thou shalt not want, but also thou shalt not destroy. (laughs) Just be a decent person, right? You can joke around, you can play around, you can play pranks on your friends, but know your audience. These guys, they threw it at a random guy's house and he just happened to have a bad night. He got a shotgun and it killed them both. What that did to my mom and to all the parents is we started all stepping up and I was at every practice after school because I was homeschooled. So we made sure I was motivated. I got my homeschool done, got my homework done, got the paper route done and I would roll around in my rollerblades around all the um, it was like inside this fence thing. There was probably six or eight courts in there. And I would roll the balls to the, to the team. And, and I, was, I felt like I was a part of the team. And everybody saw me as little sis. I was everybody's little sis, right? Because mom was like, she needed for her own, I think, mental sanity. Because we couldn't afford to live in a richer neighborhood. She couldn't control the crime rate in our neighborhood because of the unemployment rate and the single parent families and all of that what she could control is showing up and being available for her children and everybody else's kids that didn't have moms that had time off she sacrificed a lot for other people's families she did a lot and uh, thou shalt not want she taught me that as well she never purchased anything for herself only until the last couple of years before I moved across the country, did I ever see her buy anything for her? She was always thinking about other people. Even Christmas gifts, it was always from Jesus Christ or from mom and dad. Even though dad didn't really shop or do any of that kind of stuff. There was maybe one or two Christmases I remember we all shopped together. But mom did a lot of the work for the house. Dad did a lot outside the house to provide financially. They worked It worked for them. They were married for 40 years when dad passed away. And I learned a lot from them. I have a lot of respect for my parents. I'll bring you the truth from my perspective. And for whatever reason, the father desires for me to share with you that we're not supposed to want. I remember my hero, my security detail protection in 2020 that became my husband last year. He... He would tell me often, thou shalt not want. He said, instead, say, I would like. I said, so I'm not allowed to say I want something, but I can say I would like something? He said, yeah. Because then, then you're asking. It's okay to ask. 
But when you're begging, that's when it, it isn't good. I was like, okay. He said, because if you say, I would like, but if it, if, if it would please you, Lord, I would like, da, 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 da. And if not, that's okay, because then you're showing him that you trust him to know what's best for you. And I was like, ah, that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. All right, the Father's sending me to to uh, the Old Testament. Get my get my Bible opened up here. Ah. All right, Deuteronomy twenty four verse three. And her second husband dislikes her and writes her a certificate of divorce, gives it to her and sends her from his house. Or if he dies, then her first husband, who divorced her, is not allowed to marry her again after she has been defiled. That would be detestable in the eyes of the Lord. Do not bring sin upon the land the Lord your God is giving you as an inheritance. Thou shalt not want somebody else's wife, I think is what the Father is desiring for me to say there. You want me to keep reading, Father? Verse 5 is what I've been saying on repeat the last few sermons that the Father revealed to me. If a man is recently married, he must not be sent to war or have any other duty laid on him. For one year, he is to be free to stay at home and bring happiness to the wife he has married. And, uh, thou shalt not want, I didn't, I didn't want to move out of my brand new home with my, well, it wasn't a brand new home, but it was a, it was our home. I wanted us to live separately. I told him that. I said I would like for us to have separate addresses. Because what if you get violent with me? If you start to lose your mind. He said, I would never get violent with you, Aaron. I said, but my friend's dad emailed me. Very knowledgeable, very sound mind. He had emailed me. And he said, and this was a veteran. He had served many tours in Iraq as an RN. He saw a lot of dead bodies and all kinds of things. He saw very smart. He had a PhD in RN. He was a doctor of a registered nurse, P or PhD, or PSY, I don't know what you call it. He had a doctorate. And he emailed me that he had um, had some, like, psychosis. And he started hiding his sword under his bed. And his wife started getting afraid. So she left him for, like, a year while he got the help that he needed. And then they reconnected. And they're better now. I said, it could happen to anybody. There are plenty of stories of World War II veterans that killed their spouses because they thought that they were the enemy because they were going through Alzheimer's and they cover that up in the media because it's not good publicity. He said, I will never hurt you. I said, okay. So well, I moved in. And then my business partner called. But I hadn't heard from her in a year. And the last time I had heard from her, she yelled at me at the top of her lungs. So I was giving her space. 
She had done that before. I was rehabilitating on her couch. And I eventually got um, rented a room with one of my coworkers. And I told her, I said, I don't know why you're yelling at me. You should be happy for me. I'm your friend. And I'm getting my own place. I'm getting a couch. But uh, he had... He had told me, he said, do you think that she could have been attracted to you? And I was like, oh, I didn't even think of that. I said, yeah, you know, she had, she did tell me that she had dated women in the past and she was married to a man. It is what it is. There's a lot of people like that. I don't judge anybody. I said, yeah, she told me that in the past. I never thought she was attracted to me. So her getting upset with me and screaming at the top of her lungs was, I guess, her way of saying, don't leave this house. You've done so so much good in this house because I was helping her son I was helping her mom all kinds of things and then she didn't talk to me and she removed herself from all my social media and I thought it was all except for snapchat and I had posted my photo my wedding photo just me because I wasn't allowed to show my husband's face he said no I'm not allowed to be on camera I said all right she called after he told me that the Lord had assigned him to get on my podcast and defend me. He put a mask on. He said he told me he got approval from his boys to get on the show. And then she called me and they they have I don't know how they know, but they um had traced our location. We weren't at our house, but we were delivering for DoorDash because I had lost my ability to drive for Lyft. Days before that someone had hit my car. Very slowly, I think from the White Hats team to protect me because there was a lot of people that were trying to use me as a drug mule on Lyft, on the Lyft app. And I started getting hip to their game and I started kicking people out of my car. And then there's an option at the end that says, do not connect with this person ever again. And then I reported them to the app. But they were using like fake people's names and all kinds of things. Like I had the same guy twice, but he had a different social media account or different. I don't know how he did it. That's what criminals do. They do all kinds of stupid things. And I know that my husband's buddies were looking out for me and hit my car so slowly. I mean, they were going like two miles an hour and they hit the car behind me and then they fleed the scene. Now I caught the car. I gave the driver's the license plate number over the phone to the Lyft people. They didn't help me at all. $2,500 deductible. I was, I had to pay up to $2,500. They didn't offer me any services, nothing. I didn't even report it to my insurance because it was so minor. And he said he'd help fix it. And he did. He got paint and he helped fix it. Although my car's been outside for the last couple years. So the paint's starting to rust. But he took care of me. But I didn't have money coming in. And I had to pay my bills. These people were trying to isolate me with my husband. And they traced our location. And whatever lies, one president told about another president and their security teams, they tried to cover up their trail that they had sent me on purpose. Biden's team sent me in 2020 on purpose to Trump's team and tried to use me as a spy while providing me protections. But I married that man. I covered and I protected that man. And when my friend started asking questions about him, she already knew about him. All she knew was that he was a good man. That's all I said. And I made up some lies to get housing so I wouldn't be sleeping outside of my car for two years. Because I didn't have residency. I'd have to, I had to wait six months to get residency from domestic violence. Yeah, that's the truth. Thou shalt not want. I didn't want to move out of my husband's house. That was 19 days after I moved there. 
Thou shalt not want, though. Thou shalt not want. It's been very frustrating the last three years, dealing with a bunch of liars, cheaters, and people, all because I've been in a contest, first in history, and I won it because the Lord assigned me this mission, life, before I even found out, 18 months before I even found out I was in the nominations for mental health ambassadors being added to every major nation. I've been speaking this out loud nonstop for three years. And I've also continued to keep it moving forward, creating new therapies, um, doing whatever the Lord has told me to do. And people have blocked me from making money, committed espionage, committed all kinds of crimes, and we've traced it all. I married the top trained assassin that protects our commander in chief. And they all underestimated both of us because he was homeless as was I when we first met. I was on food stamps, so was he. They underestimated us. And I love it. I love it. Thou shalt not want. I told him, he said, what if you win and then someone kills you? I said, I, I said well then I've lived a good life. He said, you're nuts. <laughs> you're absolutely nuts. This was back in 2020 when I first met him. I said, no. I said, I don't want this. I said, the Lord assigned this to me in 2018. I'm obedient. Then he started listening to me. Then he's like, okay. She's got a death witch on her. Maybe she's telling the truth. Maybe I need to listen to her. So he said, okay. How did the Lord assign it to you? What did he say? I said, he, he revealed a vision to me. He said, really? I said, yeah, and then he started asking me very specifically about, well, what did the vision look like? And I apologize if you've heard this story before. It's on repeat because I have people that pop in on the show for the first time ever. And some people have been listening for a while, and I keep telling the same story, and we have different versions of how we tell it, but it's the same story. I was in this house. I was renting a room similar to where I'm now, but in uh, Washington State, where I'm from. And uh, it was after... Uh, a suicide hotline call because I had a bad trip on a birth control implant. It had completely removed all rational thought in my mind. And someone had broken up with me and I was emotional and I was in a job I hated. And I had, the year prior to that, created five alternative therapies. My dad had died. Uh, divorce had finalized. I filed for bankruptcy. I had earned a promotion that nobody in 30 years my boss told me was ever even interviewed for. I earned it. I worked it. And then they lied. Someone in the um, government, the capital, in Olympia, voted against it. They didn't work in my job. They cut instantly by voting no against mental health. They cut 60 people's jobs instantly, and I lost my job. I lost $1,000 extra a month that I was counting on, and I was engaged. And he, I mean, we, we already mailed the invitations out and then he decided to not do a six month trial separation. That was terrible. I had all this stress from the year prior and I had started to date again. So I believe in love. And the first person that I dated, he told me to move across the country. He told me he was moving away. He was very nice about it. He was very nice. He's a nice guy. And I felt rejected and my mind was like, couldn't couldn't comprehend. I had so much built up stress. It was, it was nonstop. I, that's when the vision happened after that phone call with my angel. 
who coached me off the ledge, and I was reminded of the U.S. Marine veteran that was a part of my original Move Happy program that kept encouraging me. He was in the first round and the third round of the hospital. He kept encouraging me to share Move Happy. He said, don't you dare quit on this. Don't you dare quit on this. This is way bigger than this hospital. You will be speaking on big stages with Pastor Joel Osteen, Tony Robbins, Ellen DeGeneres, Oprah Winfrey, Bishop T.D. Jakes. You're just as good as these people. I will see you speaking on stage. Don't you ever give up. He said that to me multiple times in my last two weeks there. And I was reminded of his voice on that call. The Holy Spirit reminded me of his voice, of his encouragement. And then he gifted me the vision of my purpose. When I got down on my knees and I prayed honestly, and I said, Father, what is, what is the purpose of all of this? What is the purpose you have for my life? I desire to serve you. I'm still getting emotional because I'm putting myself back in that time frame. And that's when the heavens opened up. And he revealed to me my business name was no longer going to be called Affirm Queen. My new business name was going to be called Move Happy. The three pillars of my business were mindset, community, fitness. My mission statement was I was going to help empower people to find happiness from within. My service population in the world was people with depression. That I was going to be the person to help people in the world with depression. We were going to do annual events with public speakers, with religious leaders, a variety of religions, a variety of musicians from all kinds of genres, all sharing one message of hope and love and encouragement. And that was it. It was so powerful. I knew my assignment and I started researching online. Okay, what do I not know? What do I do know? And I just slowly started following an order of operations from there of whatever I didn't know. I studied if it was available online, workshops, webinars. I paid people when I had money. I taught myself how to trademark my own brand. In the future, I'm going to pay somebody else to do it because that's not my area of genius. But I did it. I got it legally trademarked without any lawyers. Everything. I've done everything in this business. And People started stepping up to help me because it was such a powerful mission. Because when the Lord heals you of 18 years of chronic suicidal ideations, depressive episodes, and you don't have any pain anymore, you don't get to that point in your mind. It's unexplainable. It's unforgettable. I told him, I said, I don't want this assignment this is what the Lord has assigned for me. Then he told me, he said, no matter what happens, you trust in the Father. I believe I was sent to you on purpose to train you for this mission. I said, really? He said, yeah. Do you have any idea who you're being protected from? I said, well... The gentleman that sent me to you from Biden's team told me that 
you guys protect the presidents of America, he said. He told you that, huh? What else did he tell you? And I told him. He said, wow, he told you way too much information. He said, that's right. I do protect a president of the United States of America. But we're not supposed to tell people that because that could put our, our security at risk, our national security. If anybody were to capture you, they could torture you for information. Do you understand the level of security you're under right now? I was like, okay, but don't tell me anything. I'm not supposed to know. He said, I'm not, and I haven't, but I need to know what he told you so that I can train him not to do that ever again. He was brand new in his position. I've been in this organization for a long time. I said, you have? He said, yes, but I don't claim any organizational identities or affiliations because I follow what the Father tells me to do, and I repented to the Father decades before I met you, Aaron. He said, I used to kill people for a living for our government. That was my job. Whoever they told me was the enemy, I killed them, no questions asked. I am a trained warrior in every aspect you can imagine and I don't share people I don't share with anybody my business of how I'm trained that is what real warriors do it's called EOS I said what is that he goes element of surprise I said okay he said so I'm gonna train you up I said you are he said yes and then we just enjoyed our time together he trained me a little bit we did music together. We wrote a couple songs together. We rolled together off grid for, I think, like eight weeks. And the richest of the richest people couldn't find us, didn't know where we were at. I married into that organization. <laughs> the best organization in the world. And I lost a friend of seven years. So what? So what? She probably got paid out. He trained me the best to let go of people. If you're in a big assignment, if the Lord has assigned you a very big mission, and I believe he has for you, Aaron, expect that everybody has a price. Everyone has a price, and they can be bought out. He said, anybody, anybody. They can pay anybody to make up lies about you, all kinds of things. He told me, he said that people had lied about him, and they added mental diagnoses in his permanent medical record he said I don't worry about that I do what the Lord tells me to do people don't understand me we're supposed to be in the world not of the world I said yeah that's right a city set on a hill salt and light he goes how do you know that I said not because I went to church every Sunday I was very involved in our upbringing very involved not just on Sundays worship team practice mom took me to church Awanas youth group um, when I got into high school, they started the new song, uh, Saturday night for high school and college transitions to connect us to college and prepare us for if we wanted to go to college or a career. And then my friend that I had known since we were in diapers, Melissa, invited me to this other church that was behind Pacific Lutheran University, Rainier View Christian Church. I don't know if they're still called that or not. Um, Pat and Janet hosted uh, at their house on, I don't know, it was like Sunday nights or something, it was once a week, it was a spaghetti dinner night, and each of us, if we could, we brought a side dish, and we'd have a small Bible lesson, and we'd fellowship with each other, we'd spend time with people in our own age 
bracket, they decided that they believed the missing hole in their church was the 18 to 20 somethings category of people that were either in, um, you know, late high school, college, career, or military. And so I got to meet a lot of people in the military in that group. And we'd go on hikes together a couple times a week. And that was, um, that was after I'd been raped from a man in the military. And then <laughs> there was no restitution because the first responder told me not to report it, not to report the crime because I'd ruined his career. He did the bro code thing. It was what it was. I had overcame my own PTSD, suicidal ideations, because that's normal when you experience PTSD. I had made a decision and I had asked him to wait. I was waiting until marriage and he stole that from me. And getting plugged into that 18 to 20 somethings group and volunteering and starting my own Bible study, I was very heavily involved my whole life in the church, except for six years with my first husband. That, that was when I wasn't real connected to the Father. But he still blessed me. He still gave me favor in graduate school without any music degrees or any dance degrees. Just five-day intensives of jazz camp in high school summer camps with Roger Emerson, who's earned many uh, Emmys or Grammys. I don't know. He's earned these real big things. He was a guest on the podcast, I think, last year. Um... Kirby Shaw and John Jacobson, he was a choreographer for Disney, and there was another gentleman that did, uh, he was from the Stomp show that toured around. Uh, they trained us. They trained us, and I created five songs and five dances called Project Asthma out of just reading research, because I'm a descendant of King David. I come from a musical family on both sides of my family. King David's side is my father's side, and my mom came, she was from a musical family, her Great, or her grandfather, my great-grandfather was a farm doctor and he required my grandmother and her like nine or ten other siblings I forget how many, they had a big you know, farm family they each played piano, that was standard every night and they each played a different instrument he required them to perform for him every evening because music was a very powerful tool and that was what the highly intelligent society respected and in the Bible, I was reading yesterday going on a little tangent here I'll come back, I'll come back to the story, I promise this is how my brain works. In my Bible, I was reading yesterday, I forget where, where was it, in Second Chronicles, I think, somewhere. It was the musicians that were in charge of all the laborers of building. Yeah, musicians are powerful. In war times, it's the singers that are in the front of the line, ahead of everybody else. In the military, they've often used musicians as spies. And that's what the military tried to do to me, and now pay me. But I married into this organization. They've paid me insecurities, which is very valuable, but they've stolen my husband from me, which is not acceptable, because he has to retire last year. So we're going to have a meeting very soon, thou shalt not want. I did not ask for this assignment. The Lord assigned me as the person in the world to help empower people to find happiness from within. I've developed 52 alternative therapies in my lifetime, and every day there is an opportunity. Wherever I go, I look for opportunities because I have paid a lot of money as much, well, a lot to me, to invest in myself, to study, to practice, to teach, to train myself, and I desire to be better, because I desire to help a lot of people, and there's, according to what the Lord has revealed to me, there's 1.56 uh, billion 
with a B, like in boy, people in the world with depression since the pandemic. So there's a lot of people that need help and I'm not the only one that can help people, but I'm the leader. We're going to disseminate our therapies once they're properly white paper researched into textbooks, sold to universities. This is what I would like because this makes sense for our nation to recoup monies and for people to jump on board and get monies to other universities in other nations and their leadership can make monies as well by advertising it to their students as one or the, doesn't have to be the only one, but it could be one of many um, textbooks made available for students to learn from at the university level. That's just one idea. Other ideas are in the business sector. Other ideas are in the educational sector. Wherever the father sends me, he blesses it, he prospers it, and that is what Bishop T.D. Jakes um, said in many of his sermons. What men need to do is you need to give to your women. You give to them. They receive it. They multiply it. Then they give it away. And that is the truth. Women, we do not think about ourselves and our own children. That is what men think because they are protective. They think about financial protections and um, security protections because that's how you were designed from the father. Women, we think about our families, we think about other people's families, and we think about how we can make the world a better place. That is our feminine role. And some people have more masculine traits within them, right? I'm just speaking in generals. That is how I believe. That is how I think. And that is how I will be uh, acting in my monies, in my financials, with my husband, in our financials. He will lead our household. He owns everything of mine. There are no prenups. I asked him to sign a prenup so that he could see that I wasn't after his retirement money. And that I could see exactly how he wanted his money to be allocated because I respect my husband. I haven't been able to communicate at all with him for a year and a half. And somebody called my mom last year. And told her we never married. Unacceptable. Unacceptable. Too many people in our government are telling lies about our commander-in-chief. And I believe whoever called was protecting our family. Because he and I had a conversation. And he asked me, hey, can your mom keep secrets? And I said, she used to be able to, but lately, I don't know. She's been putting the phone on speaker when we're trying to have conversations with her to protect her from our abuser and who is abusing her elder abuse. 100%. Facts. And she had the phone on speaker with the abuser that she had concerns about right next to her. Now it's smart. So, I believe he called her to not worry her because... My bank account got targeted, and my mom couldn't even get me emergency money. These assholes, straight motherfucking assholes, there's no other way how to say it. They used and abused their powers, hacking in satellite interceptions, trying to frame me with all the January 6th people after I provided a free therapy experience for 
medical practitioners that help improve the treatment of people and patients with depression for our veterans and our first responders. They were jealous at how successful I got people to step up. They on purpose sabotaged our invitations from going out for a free therapy we were developing. It was the second time I ever developed it. We had the head of Disney Hotels. Previous Super Bowl performer shared his original song. Uh, Stephen Kuhn is a super cool dude. He used to uh, run uh, operations, I believe, of a company of 3,500 employees in like seven or eight countries. He's worked with Madonna. He's worked with all kinds of big names. Uh, Olivia Newton-John. And he, lo- he loves helping people improve their quality of life as of, as of late. And he's a Army veteran. And he publicly announced in that therapy experience that he had connected me directly to doctoral chair of Harvard University and they blocked me from doing business with her on purpose hacking in and erasing my zoom invitation I told him it and he edified me publicly live recording they were jealous because I've been in a three-year competition and that was after they forced me to move out of my husband's house after they destroyed my nonprofit business partnership with my former friend of seven years black female warrant officer who served over 20 years in the military they have tested me in every single kind of way imaginable forcing me to move in all kinds of things all because the deep state Illuminati cult is real they marked me they targeted me and they signed a contract with the Blackwater group for three years to get away with crimes or so they thought when I married into this organization I married the top trained assassin and he didn't tell me about the contract nobody told me the Lord revealed it to me weeks ago the Lord also revealed to me the date of when the contract was up and uh, my husband has been tracing and his buddies have been tracing all the criminals and we will be receiving full restitution very soon because cheaters get kicked out of competitions and they tried to get me arrested after providing a free therapy experience it wasn't free for me I spent my time and money while working a full-time job and at that same time I was being sexually harassed and then they sent me a fake job opportunity to be a brand ambassador they targeted a hospital that had already experienced bank fraud They sent me a check from Oprah Winfrey. Yeah, they got me good. They got me real good. They told me I would be a brand ambassador for a real legitimate organization. Number two energy drink from a country that's my favorite genre of food. And the person that came to my house from Biden's team, the president of the defunded Blackwater alumni group was going to buy me dinner while providing me security protections on his phone. And he found out what my favorite genre of food was. So he tried to make it look like, after I married, the better of the security men. Last year, he tried to, on purpose, send me a business opportunity to make money. A fake 
opportunity that they have been getting all kinds of people arrested falsely all over America, making it look so legitimate like money laundering that the bank, the bank teller lady, yelled at me at the top of her lungs that she would make sure that all of their partnering banks of Regions Bank would know my social security number and I wouldn't be able to open a bank account while siphoning off all of my money while forcing me to be away from my husband and trying to get me to download apps for quick money schemes while requiring me to put my location on there so they can find me and kill me. That is the truth. But I make good friends. And a friend of a friend of mine from, from our first real entertainment therapy experience last year provided me emergency housing when the entire Blackwater alumni group didn't help me at all. That's the truth. And if you listen to the previous sermon, I speak about how our country is being run by the Mafia. That is what the Holy Spirit had me release. I have a very big assignment. And our nation is very polarized right now because 49% of profits of harming children and adults, the slavery of human beings, starts in America. And Trump, don't play that bullshit game. That is why there's polarization. That is why our White Hat's military split our government before he left the White House to protect his position so he could come back. You need to watch the greatest show on earth. They had to see how bad it would get for me. They provided me protections. No one knew where I was at. I couldn't even tell my own mother where I was at last year. And my eldest sibling was worried that I had been captured, but I couldn't even communicate with him because they would trace my phone calls, my location, if I made a phone call to my own family. That is the level of disrespect they had for me after marrying into this organization. And my husband asked to retire. This meeting, this meeting will happen very soon. If it doesn't, thou shalt not want. I don't want destruction and death, but the Lord already told me it's going to come. Thou shalt not want. I don't want World War III, but it's already here. It's already here. Say his name. He said, say his name loud and proud. Hiram, one of my uh, big-time LinkedIn connection community members, he and I spoke this last earlier this week forget which day. It's been a few days. And uh, I respect him. He's got a huge LinkedIn following. And I told him, I told him the truth. I said, I'm days away from being homeless. Um, I haven't been able to speak to my husband for a year and a half because they tried to kill us on American soil last year. And I'm, a, I'm days away from being homeless. Because they've blocked me from making money in America. I'm fully confident. Fully confident. He knows. 
what organization I married into. I don't think he fully understands who all is in the organization because even my husband didn't know who all was in. That's how they keep America safe, protected, and tight. They know that anybody can be bought out at any time, and they teach, they teach our top security people to keep their lips tight and not be braggadocious. So I told him, he spread the word, World War III is coming very soon. I told him. I told him exactly what to share. And I sent him my blog, my most recent blog on keeping the Sabbath day holy. Yeah, when you force people into slavery, they're not able to have the religious freedom of having a day off. Yeah, that's what the USPS Amazon partnership did for me. When I first was rehabilitating from safe housing. And they also didn't modify the work environment for my asthma. Yeah. And they tried to erase it and cover it up. But I am a hard worker. And my person that I was a sub-carrier for as a rural carrier associate, she gave me the contact number of the head of Tennessee to speak to about what had happened. Because she was a veteran. And I told her, I'm doing a veteran nonprofit veteran first responder nonprofit, and I was organizing concerts that year she liked me a lot a lot of those people were very good and respectful my former co-worker that I lived with he and his wife and whatnot but these people that protect me they rolled up to their house after my husband and I got married and then I had to move back into that house yeah she told me they got a camera set up because it freaked her out there was an old, well, not old, but a white SUV with dark tinted windows that had rolled up. And someone had come onto their porch. She heard it. It freaked her out. It was that same, I believe that same white SUV, dark tinted windows that came to my house a few weeks ago. I ain't worried about nothing because I know that's my warriors of light. They look out for me. They don't let nobody bully me. They don't let nobody bully me because they treat me like an asset. Thou shalt not want. I don't want death and destruction in America. But these people are abducting children, harming children, harvesting organs of children, teenagers. When they're not sexy enough for the buyer anymore. And they're not compliant anymore. It's disgusting, but that's the truth. And they're selling adults as slaves. the rich society or they're telling us that these jobs are jobs and we should be grateful for having a job there's plenty of people in other countries that don't have jobs but you're not allowed to have a day off of work because you can't pay all your bills you have to have multiple jobs now that is not that is not a quality of life that I desire when I graduated with my master's degree in 2012 I had five part-time jobs and I still couldn't pay my student loan debt from my undergrad because too many rich people in our government leadership were traitors to America and took payouts from other nations and didn't think about others. They thought about themselves. That is why my husband married me because he could see my heart, he saw my intentions, and he knew that I was good. And he also had his boys look into my background and test me in all kinds of ways. And I keep passing every test because I'm not trying to be anything for anybody other than 
for Jesus Christ. Choose love. Keep it simple. Keep your life super simple. My husband taught me how to be a better spiritual leader. I've got a lot of work to do. I can't wait to continue getting better. But I can't do nothing if people are blocking me and committing crimes in America. They're blocking me from making money and not providing me any restitution as a veteran spouse and denying me medical rights and fill in the blank. I will get my husband back very soon. I don't know when, but it's in the Lord's timing. And he told me every hour on the hour. We get paid more and more and more from the deep state Illuminati cult until we sign a peace treaty with the top black hat members that project in the media that they are good and wholesome. Some of them might have repented of their ways. Some of them swore oaths to Baphomet, Baal, drink the blood of children in private. It's an old satanic practice. Jeremiah 19.5 reveals that to you. Mm, my father's sending me. You want me to go to that verse, Father? Okay. Sending me to the New Testament. I love it. All right. <clears throat> Luke. Chapter 12. Verse 24. Right above 22, it says, do not worry. Okay, so verse 24. Consider the ravens. They do not sow or reap. They have no storeroom or barn, yet God feeds them. How much more valuable are you than the birds? Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to his life? Since you cannot do this very little thing, why do you worry about the rest? Consider how the lilies grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, how much more will he clothe you, O you of little faith? And do not set your heart on what you will eat or drink. Do not worry about it, for the pagan world runs after all such things. And your father knows that you need them. But seek his kingdom, and these things will be given to you as well. Do not be afraid, little flock, for your father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give to the poor. That's what I tried to do a few months ago. But because the three-year contract had not been up, people started private messaging me on my regular Facebook account, not even from the ad, and the whole team traced all those people. They could see. They could see for themselves. I wasn't just making up a story. People were trying to find my location. So I was on limited cash. This was what, after my car accident. I tried to meet people at the police station, and people were not meeting me. They said they would, and it wasted my gas and time. So the Lord said, nope, I just tested you. I was like, all right, back to the store. Verse 33, sell your possessions and give to the poor. Provide purses for yourselves that will not wear out a treasure in heaven that will not be exhausted, where no thief comes near and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, 
There your heart will be also. I want to read that verse again. That's so cool sounding. Okay, so sell your possessions and give to the poor. Provide purses for yourselves that will not wear out. So I imagine it's uh, good sturdy things to hold your possessions. A treasure in heaven that will not be exhausted. Where no thief comes near and no moth destroys. So going back to thou shalt not want. If you remove your possessions, then, then no thief can steal from you. If you take no ownership of anything then no one can steal from you. So earlier I talked about how I had been blocked from making money for the last three years. The team knew, the whole presidential security team knew about the contract. Like they all swore oaths to protect me. They knew about it and they didn't tell me on purpose. They blocked me on purpose because they had to make it look so believable to the deep state Illuminati to fight for me, to protect me, and to protect me from being involved in crimes according to the RICO Act because our security security excuse me sorry I burped our security teams are protected from criminal activities they get exonerated if they're doing something to protect our you know nation and stuff like that national security they're not allowed to abuse their powers but um, it is what it is so, Trump's team was tracing all the illegal activities, and they didn't tell me on purpose. So, I was very frustrated that I had opportunities for business that I lost out on. But I kept being obedient to this calling, because I haven't wanted, I, thou shalt not want, has been a part of my religious tenet, my belief system, since I was a little girl. Because my dad trained me that way. My mother trained me that way. You teach a child young in your faith system. And even if they stray from it, they will come back. They will come back. Father, where is that at? It is such a powerful proverb, I believe it is. I think it is. I love that he's he's teaching me. Sometimes he gives me verses, sometimes he doesn't. I think to let you know that this is real, I'm not pre-planning anything. So I'm going to, because I'm curious about this particular verse, I'm looking for my, oh, here we go. Get my phone out. Because of the deep state people, they kept messing with my technologies on purpose to test me because of this competition, because they abuse their powers of telecommunications. I've had to purchase multiple phones, and they still, they hack into those new phones, so it's just a, wa a lot of wasted money. It is what it is. Um, so I'm going to look up, once the phone loads up, Where in the Bible does it state, teach a child and they will come back to the faith? 
that's not what I wanted to say, but we'll see. We'll see what, it's, what, what it comes up with. Come on, search it. <clears throat> I'm about straying away. 22, Proverbs 22.6. Probably. Probably what I wanted. 22.6. Train a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not turn from it. Okay, maybe that's it. All right, Deuteronomy 6. Ooh, here's a here's a blog from BibleReasons.com. Click on it. This was published August 28th of this year. Let's see here. Okay, Proverbs. Okay. Deuteronomy 6, 5 through 9. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. Take to heart these words that I give you today. Repeat them to your children. Talk about them when you're at home or away. When you lie down or get up, write them down and tie them around your wrist and wear them as headbands as a reminder. Write them on the door frames of your houses, on your gates. Deuteronomy 4, 9 and 10. But watch out. Be careful. Never to forget what you yourself have seen. Do not let these memories escape from your mind as long as you live. And be sure to pass them on to your children and grandchildren. Never forget the day when you stood before the Lord your God at Mount Sinai, where he told me, Summon the people before me, and I will personally instruct them. Then they will learn to fear me as long as they live, and they will teach their children to fear me also. Matthew nineteen thirteen through 15 One day, some parents brought their children to Jesus so he could lay his hands on them and pray for them. But the disciples scolded the parents for bothering him. But Jesus said, Let the children come to me. Don't stop them, for the kingdom of heaven belongs to those who are like these children. And he placed his hands on their heads and blessed them before he left. 1 Timothy four ten through 11 This is why we work hard and continue to struggle, for our hope is in the living God, who is the Savior of all people, and particularly of all believers. Teach these things and insist that everyone learn them. Uh, Deuteronomy 11.19 Teach them to your children. Talk about them when you are at home and when you are on the road, when you are going to bed and when you are getting up. <clears throat> My mom did that a lot when we were growing up. Uh, here's something if you're listening about thou shalt not want if you don't want but you would like your children to grow up to be professional adults and take responsibility for themselves and not be living with you as an adult and having you pay their bills listen up this might be able to help you proverbs 23 13 through 14 do not hesitate to discipline a child if you spank him he will not die spank him yourself and you will save his soul from hell. That's the truth. Proverbs 22.15 A child's heart has a tendency to do wrong, but the rod of discipline removes it far away from him. Proverbs 29.15 The rod and rebuke bestow wisdom, but an undisciplined child brings shame to his mother. 
Proverbs 29:17 Discipline your child and he will give you rest. He will bring you happiness. Reminders Colossians 3:21 Fathers provoke not your children to anger lest they be discouraged. Mm, that's a good one. Ephesians 6:4 Parents do not anger your children but rear them in the discipline and in the teaching of our Lord. And then it says, you teach children by the way you conduct yourself. Be a good role model and don't cause them to stumble. I like it. 1 Corinthians 8, 9. But you must see to it that this right of yours does not become a stumbling block for those who are weak. Matthew 5, 16, uh, uh, excuse me, 5, 15 through 16. People don't light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand stand. And it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine in front of people. Then they will see the good that you do and praise your Father in heaven. Matthew 18, 5 through 6. And anyone who welcomes a little child like this on my behalf is welcoming me. But if you cause one of these little ones who trusts in me to fall into sin, it would be better for you to have a large millstone tied around your neck and be drowned in the depths of the sea and here's a bonus psalm 78 2 through 4 for i will speak to you in a parable i will teach you hidden lessons from our past stories we have heard and known stories our ancestors handed down to us we will not hide these truths from our children we will tell the next generation about the glorious deeds of the lord about his power and his mighty wonders. Thou shalt not mock. Yes, Father. He desires for me to wrap it up. I'm going to plug my phone back into charge. So, <clears throat> if you desire to have a personal relationship with the Father where he, he can be your everything and he can teach you how to not want for things that aren't yours, but how to trust in him in all things and he will provide you for everything that your heart desires if it's in alignment with his plan for your life and if it's a part of the destiny he has planned for you he doesn't give gifts that will harm his children so if he doesn't give you something that you think you need he knows what's best ultimately for you it's a free gift Having this relationship with him, connecting directly to the source of all things, all good things, is free. Just repeat after me. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this gift of salvation. I cannot earn it or buy it. You give it freely to those who believe in your Son, Jesus Christ. Father, I make mistakes, but I don't desire to anymore. Please come into my heart and never leave my side. I pray this in your heavenly name. Amen. If you just prayed that prayer for the first time, we want to welcome you to the family. Your next step is to get plugged into a Bible-based church. We want to keep God first place. Any ask, Father? Okay. Any size? Kids' bikes to be sent to Uruguay. Uruguay? I'm not sure how to pronounce it. If you have the money and the means, order bicycles and send them kids' bikes specifically to uh, or your, how do you say it, Father? Uruguay. 
and uh, I imagine like a U.S. embassy or whatnot and just say compliments of and then you can put your name if you'd like and say uh, if you want to write a little note and say um, Erin Nicole Ministries encouraged me through her podcast uh, through the Move Happy Movement podcast to send it send it to you and uh, they'll be able to bless a child with a bicycle that can help them improve in their mental health to protect their mind from depressive episodes if they struggle with it. If they are abused and they're struggling with depression from external things that were caused on them, or if they're in a bad neighborhood, rough, high-crime neighborhood, they can escape, flee the scene a little faster than running, or... If they're in a nice neighborhood, they can play with their friends, right? There's all kinds of people in all kinds of places. And we protect kids at all costs. Um, But I've been blocked from making money for three years, and I'm days away. As I record this episode, days away from being homeless for the fourth time in three years. And I'm a veteran spouse. And I was forced to move out of my husband's house because of death threats on American soil after he asked to retire because of a rigged election and they tried to rig it again by destroying our commander-in-chief's top security man. I trust in the Holy Spirit. I trust in the Father. He's a good, good Father and He's never let me down ever my whole life. He's provided in my past. He'll provide for me right now. And I have the ability to think about others. That is the supernatural power of having salvation and trust. Full trust in Him and no fear within you. Special thank you to my warriors of light for training me into this resiliency queen that I am. I'm a resiliency queen, mentally tough, flowing machine, never neglecting self-care routine. I'm a resiliency, resiliency queen. I'm always thinking of you, thinking of how to pull you through. Mindful of your kids in the hood. By the way, how is your grandma doing? Never a selfish thought in my mind. Family, don't leave you behind. Resiliency queens protect their tribe. Keep your head up and speak your mind. You're a resiliency royalty human being. That is the song. That's just a little hint of it that I will be singing I'm believing for with Beyonce and my friend Natasha if she so desires and we each will have 33% royalty ownership rights for life however the song is used in movies in commercials on the radio on streaming anywhere and 1% the remaining 1% will go to feeding America feeding the homeless in America that is what my commitment is And by my 40th birthday, that's just one of a hundred songs the Father gifted me in the last three years, in addition to multiple therapies. By my 40th, excuse me, birthday, my husband and I will be living off of 10% and giving away 90% of our money to helping the poor directly and paying for our therapies to be properly 
you know, paid with proper, you know, research and paying the researchers, paying the statisticians, all the people that need to be paid to do the proper research and whatnot. We're going to be living off of 10%. That's how confident I am once we sign these contracts, because when you choose love and you choose not to want, the Father opens up the doorways of heaven, the treasures of heaven to you to be able to bless more people. So get plugged into a Bible-based church. Keep God first place. And uh, anything else, Father? He said, sing it pretty. Don't forget to tell someone you love them today. And we'll see you next time.